together for Pastor Jacob as he brings the word. Oh, Merry Christmas. It is, I reckon Santa is probably right about now packing his sleigh. So kids, a few more minutes and then it's all done and you're good to do whatever you like. Except for my kids, Santa checks you guys right to the end. Cool. Uh, we've, we've been going through a series called The Gift of Change and uh, what, we've, what we've, we've been through, hope, we've, we've spoken about love and we've spoken about peace and if you've missed any of them, I really encourage you to go back uh, onto our website and, and, um, and, and, and have a listen or a watch of those, uh, the, the, those sermons because honestly, th- this is some of the, some life-changing stuff. As, as I was um, going over it and, and uh, listening to these sermons again and as I've sat here and taking notes, I'm just like, this is, I, I literally, I have changed as a person in this last month because of the word that has been preached and because I listened to it and put it in my heart and it changed me. And, and that's what it will do for you. And this morning, uh, tonight rather, even though it's daytime outside, this afternoon shall we call it, this evening, uh, we're going to speak about the gift of joy and, and really what we're going to talk about here is, is, is joy overflowing because Jesus, you, you, to really understand, like, like some people want, one might wonder why, why do we go to church and Pastor Mel was talking about giving money to the church, you're like, okay, hang on, you don't just give up your Sunday mornings, you give up your money. How, like, what, what's going on here? Why would you, uh, what, why would, what is, what is it about this walk that would cause you to actually want to give your life to it? And, and the, the only way to properly understand it is, is by getting to know God and getting to know what He's like. And what, what, what you start to realize is that God is for you. He's for us. He, He has, He is, the Bible calls him our heavenly father. And he says that even the best planet, even the best fathers on planet earth are actually like not much chop compared to him. And to really understand it's this, this God is, he's a heavenly father who loves us so much that he wants you to have an amazing life. There's a place that says that uh, God loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son so that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. And that word life is talking about, it's the Greek word zoe, where it's not just talking about you don't die ever. It's like eternal life, yeah, you don't die, but it's, it's a, an overflowing life. And in John chapter 10 and verse 10, Jesus described his, the reason he came. He says, I have come... Uh, to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. Now, I don't care where you're from. I don't care what your views on life are, unless you've like serious emo, which I can't see any there. There may be some online. We love you as well. But unless you're like, you're committed to being miserable, unless you are like dedicated to having a miserable life, this life overflowing sounds pretty good. You have to admit, an overflowing, abundant life sounds pretty good. And God sent His Son so that we can experience this life. That's the bottom line of it. So when we, we have this amazing celebration of, of Christmas where, you know, it, it, it's, it's a cool time. We, we have and all sorts of celebrations we we you know there's santa and the reindeers and there's the trees and there's the presents and uh you know and, and as a church we 
we, we work our way up to Christmas and it's, it's, a, it's a really holy time where we, we celebrate a whole way. And it's this amazing time. But what it's all centered around is God wanting to connect with humanity to be able to release this abundant life. It's the whole point of it. And I'm already, like, like just thinking about that makes me happy. Thinking that there's an abundant life available to me makes me happy. And, and God says, I want you to be more than happy. He says, I want you to have a joy that overflows. I want you to have a joy from inside of your heart that comes out regardless of what's going on. And, and that's what I want to talk about this, this evening. And, and this joy has got nothing to do with circumstances. Like, I'm going to tell you a little bit about 2021. Oh, gosh, just pray for me now before I do. No, I'm serious. You all, like, had a, not, and I won't say you all because I can't explicitly speak for everybody. Most people had a pretty ordinary 2021 in the grand scheme of life. If I'm, you know, just because life was going great, not 2019 was awesome, and then 2020, and then 2021, just when you thought it couldn't get worse, it seemed to. And then now 2022 is like 2020 number two. Like, where I'm like, but my 2020... One was, it was even a bit like, so it started out, Mel's come home, and because I'm, I'm one of those guys, you all hate me, I know, when Mel says, oh, I feel like some chocolate, and me, get my Superman cape on, I'm like, don't you worry, dear, I will go down to the Woolworths, and I shall purchase like chocolate, so I'm that guy, right, when it suits, and, and so I'm on, in that mood at least. And Mel's, and, I, and I've been working on it, I'm tired and I don't want to go to Woolworths, but I'm just taking up my cross and, you know, the Bible actually talks about a man laying down his life for his wife. I'm doing it, man. And I go to Woolworths and I go inside and I purchase a small bag of whatever it was that she, her heart desired. <laughs> and I'm coming out and it starts to rain. And as I walk into the car park, just whoop, for no reason, just slipped. Just went, nothing happened. There was no, and then I, Okay, I'm a grown man, just fell over in a car park. This is nice. <laughs> wet as well, wet. So now my parts are wet. And then I get up and then, oh, something's not right. And I take a few steps and I think, no, something's really not right. And I get home and I say, Mel, I think something's not right. I think I've broken my foot. And then like, I'm like, ah, oh, foot break. We don't, we don't worry about it. Because my dad was a, an ED nurse. He was an emergency department nurse. Man, you would have to be dead before like I'm I'm not even I'm not exaggerating we've got Robert is an ED nurse he, these people are heartless no no you applaud them yeah because they save your life but they're heartless I, I, I would my dad would never take me to the doc I would nearly be dead but my mum would come home and I'd be in some terrible she's like, how can you not be in the hospital and she'd rush me off and they'd anyway but so I've gone to the so I've grown up like that so I just don't care and I'm like no this is fine and then I take a few more steps and something, I nearly tripped over the dog, that's right. And then I'm just like, oh my goodness. That's exactly how I said it. Nothing else was said. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure this is broken. I need to get to the hospital. And so Mel's like, I'll drive you to the hospital. I'm like, no, I'm from Belmont. We drive ourselves to the hospital. <laughs> and I, I drove myself to the hospital. And then I go there and I, I get an x-ray from the doc, the guy. And he's like, oh, you know, you've got a bruised toe. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's not a bruised toe. At that point, I'd broken like, you know, I've broken a lot of stuff. 
I know what it feels like. And I'm like, this is not a, I'm, I know what, and he's like, I oh, know, you just, and I said, um, can I at least have something for the pain? He's like, yeah, ha- have some Panadol. I'm like, it's pretty bad, man. He's like, you don't need much more than that for a bruised toe. And then I'm like, oh. Anyway, so I'm, you know, I come home and I'm like, he says I've got a bruised toe. And then I like step again and I'm like just pain. And then, then the, you get a phone call the next day saying, oh, we've gone over the x-rays. It turns out it's actually broken. Anyway, it's the tiniest little break in the entire planet. So tiny that this amazing doctor, God bless him, couldn't even see it when he was looking. But it happened to be right inside the joint, which made it super, like, super painful, super frustrating and really, really hard to heal. So I was actually off work because of a broken toe where I slipped over at the Woolworths supermarket trying to get some chocolate for my wife for nine weeks in this gigantic boot. Cool. I think, you know, get some work done, be able to work on some of my writing and different bits. No, 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 no. I couldn't sit down. It would start throbbing. I had to, like, literally, it was in nine weeks of just, anyway, fine, just take up my cross. All this stuff I'm teaching you about now, this is just, you know, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Because the scripture says here in uh, in First Thessalonians 5.18, it says, and in the midst of everything, always be always giving thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ. So I live by that. I believe that. And I know that that just directs your life. And I, it's impo- and I understand that. So I'm doing that. Cool. And then it goes on, and I finally get out of my moon boot. And, you know, I'll get told I've got to go get a vaccination so I can keep my job. So I'm okay, cool, that's fine, whatever. You go and do that. And then the next day, well, no, that afternoon, I'm still feeling a bit weird. And then the next day I'm at work and I'm really feeling weird and I come, I had to sort of leave early and I'm like, Meryl, I don't feel quite right. Something's not good. I mean, I don't feel good. And I had to, I was had youth that evening. I'm like, I don't know if I should go to the youth. <laughs> and Mel's like, Jacob, what's wrong with you? You sound weird. I'm like, oh. and then anyway, long story short, I end up again at the emergency department where I was admitted again. And it took me a few weeks to, for my head to settle down and I was, you know, and, and, and just as it's starting to settle down, I'm like, right, finally, I feel a bit more like myself. I can actually go outside and, and be me and just enjoy. And I'm going to go for a ride on my skateboard. And then having a great time at the park, waiting for one of the guys to come and meet me. And then just as I, I try this particular move and then I fall over and then, and then my elbow just went in all sorts of different directions. And, and I know I'm from Belmont, but I couldn't get myself to the hospital. <laughs> and I'm trying, I don't even know how I got myself out of the bottom of the bowl. And so then, and, and then this is like weeks and weeks in this cast and so more pain than I can even understand. And then, like, I'm just, thank you, Jesus, you know keeping a good attitude, God's good, I'm, life's good, I'm just, yeah, no, I haven't worked all year because I've been in hospital all year, extreme pain all year, like, just thank you, Jesus, that's good, that's good, and then, you know, couldn't get worse, right? No, no, and then our dog, we got this beautiful little puppy, little German Shepherd cross puppy, he's beautiful, and then the, the, the dog dies, I'm just like, this is like a country and western song, I'm and then we're sort of coming to the end of the year. I'm like, I am so done with this year. I am done with 2021. I want no more part of it. 
I want to put an asterisk next to 2021 in the history books of life. And this, this one, we're not going to talk much about this year. And I actually found myself getting down. And then I had some, uh, I got some really bad news recently. Well, I thought it was bad news, and then it turns out it was just a bit bad because it's not as bad as I thought it was. But I'm telling you, I was like, like, whatever the opposite of what I'm t- talking about today. And I'm like, God, where are you? What are you doing? Are you trying to kill me? What do you want? And, and then I had to prepare this message. And I'm like, are you kidding, God? You want me to talk about joy today? You want me to talk about this? And, I'm, and, and, and it was probably good for me because what it forced me to do is just get back to basics, to actually get back to what does the Word say? What does the Word say about living this abundant life? Because I was certainly not experiencing this abundant life. My, emotionally, I was not feeling the abundant life. I wasn't feeling it. And, and, and so much of a successful life is a life that supersedes our feelings. It's a life that we make decisions apart from our feelings. And, and the cornerstone of the faith that we're talking about here is, a, is one where we make decisions regardless of circumstances. And this passage I read earlier in First Thessalonians says this. It says, And in the midst of everything, always be giving thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. Now, this brings us to this paradox where, okay, let's just go back to the broken arm. I'm in a lot of pain. Okay, that particular moment, you know, thank you, Jesus. Oh, hang on, I can't lift my arm up. Let me lift the other one up. Oh, no, I need to use that to hold this arm. So thank you, Jesus. Does that mean you don't give thanks? Because here it says to do give thanks even in that circumstance. And so we're at this point where it's like, how, how do we process problems? How do we process pain? And like I've, exp- I've explained some stuff, and really on the surface it was all very, very superficial. And most of us have actually gone through a lot more serious stuff than the, than the massive epic problems I've had this, wor- this year. You know, we've lost loved ones. We, we've had financial crises that have crippled us. We've had loved ones go through addiction. We've personally experienced some really low times of, you know, maybe emotionally and depression and different things like that. So the, the, the year that I've described is very superficial in the sense of the depth of the problems. But what we are able to see is that it, in the midst of the problem, how do we process it but still keep a joyful heart? And where I want to look at is uh, in Luke's gospel, in, in, in Luke chapter 1, where we're looking at the coming of Christ. We're looking at the birth of Jesus. And we start in Luke chapter 1 where, you know, it, it doesn't actually start with, it's not about Jesus to start with, it's actually about his cousin, where to be more specific, his uh, cousin's parents. And, uh, and, and the way it actually happens is, the cousin's his cousin's dad his name is Zechariah and he's a priest so he's you know a job much like ours if you want to go back 2,000 years and have a look similar station in life I suppose you would call it like you know the person who uh, is uh, works for God if you want to call it like that anyway this guy he has this encounter with an angel and the angel speaks to him and he says hey you're gonna have a kid now to really understand it is this guy's super old and 
he's not been able to have children and his wife's super old and she's not, they've not, together they've not been able to conceive. And, and, and the angel says, you're going to have a kid. And this is how he responds. How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I've been sent to speak to you and tell you the good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until this day, uh, uh, until this day happens. Because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. He's responded, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. And we just, in the same chapter, now we move across to, and the idea was that this guy, this amazing child, this miraculous child, he was going to be named John. And and some of us will have know, know, know his name, John the Baptist. And his job, his role, if you like, was to actually foretell and prepare people for the coming of the Christ, for the coming of his cousin Jesus. So then the next thing that happens, it's, it's, it's in the same time frame, it's six months later, uh, an angel comes to this, young, to this teenage girl and he, and, and he says to her very similar thing to, to, to what he said to Zachariah. He, he said, hey, you're going to have a kid. And, and he tells her about some amazing things. And, and she responds very similarly. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One will be uh, will be born, will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. She who is unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. And then Mary's response is this, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May the word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. It's like, the angel come and spoke to both of these people. This amazing thing's going to happen. And they both essentially said, how? But, Zechariah framed it, that doesn't make sense, I don't trust you, you really got to, and, and that was his position, his position was on the back foot, his position was one where hope wasn't present, his position was one where he was, there was no expectation of good, there was no looking forward to it, there was no belief that okay, right, even though the circumstances don't work for me, because you're here telling me I, I, that something better might be in my future, it wasn't there. He didn't believe that his future could get better. Mary, on the other hand, she's like, how can this happen? I, I, I've, never, you know, I've never known a man. I, I, and then the angel tells her, the, over, the Holy One will overshadow you. And man, I'll tell you the truth. She knew nothing more the second after the angel had finished talking. She didn't exactly explain the biology of it. She's like, <laughs> it wasn't exactly any more informed than she was when she asked the question. But her mindset was one of expectation. Her mindset was one of the world, that life, I don't get it all, but, but I believe it's going to get better. I believe her position, her posture was one of hope. Her position, her posture was one where I don't understand how I can get through this or how, how I get to the other side. But because you say it, I agree. And we're in this situation where how are we able to maintain an attitude of gratitude, a, a position of hope, a position where we're actually able to say thank you, God, in, no matter what's happened, and keep this, this joy in our heart in spite of circumstances? How can we do it? And in um, Hebrews, uh, Jesus 
when it's talking about Jesus, and, and it's, it, it puts it like this. It says, uh, Hebrews 12 and verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. It's, it's understanding there is a race marked out for your life. There is a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. There is, you are not here by chance. You're not here because nothing in space exploded. Suddenly the inorganic became organic and somehow the DNA came from nowhere and became more and more complex until it became this super complex being called a human that was able to reproduce with intelligent thinking, reason, rationale, and that was your great-grandfather, grandparents, your parents, you. That's not how this happened. There's a race marked out for you. To understand it is that the Scripture tells us that before the foundation of the world, God knew you. Before the foundation of the world, He had a plan for your life. And I have to tell you this, it was a good plan. It was a good plan. There's another place that says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. So this is the context we're walking into when we're reading this, to run the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, and then it explains how he ran his race. The pioneer and perfecter of faith, it says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This guy, we, we look at Christ, the baby, but what we have to understand is before he was a baby in a manger, he was God in heaven. He was God incarnate. He, he was God, the Word. The Scripture says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and without him nothing was made. Like, and without him even now nothing holds together. It's just to understand this baby, to properly understand him, is he was God in heaven. He has... And I don't understand this divine conversation, but I can imagine, and I've got a pretty good little imaginer, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in a conversation, three but one, so it's a complex conversation. And then, you've got to understand, this is all done outside of time, because they live outside of time. So even before they created the foundation of the world, they knew you, they knew that Emma was going to be sitting here on Christmas Eve 2021. That Susan was going to be sitting here Christmas Eve 2021. Outside of time, they knew that they were going to start planet Earth. From darkness to nothing, light would come and then they would make it with their divine power. And then they were going to put humanity on it. Adam and Eve were going to come on the planet. They were going to blow it. But because they were made in love and they were made for love and they were made for an amazing life, there would need to be a way of restoring them. Father, Son, Holy Spirit having a conversation. And somewhere in that conversation, somehow in that conversation, one of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Son said, I will manifest as a person. I will go and live as a person. And be a person and live through all... You know, you go through life and, and it's hard. I've got the pleasure of raising th three little kids and I remember what it was like. And it's not easy. 
you go to school and, and like, okay, as an adult looking back, are there little problems? But can you remember being that little person in the school when no one wants to play with you, when people are talking about you, when uh, th- th- you want to be part of the cool crowd or when there's get- people are getting picked in sport and you're just not getting picked or when you come home and this one does that and people don't believe you or how you st- doesn't matter how hard you study, you just can't get the grade and you this person is the girls all like him and no one and it just can you remember that stuff then you like if that wasn't hard enough then you hit puberty you go to high school and it's just like let's just turn it up a bit and then just <laughs> i remember in school just the emotions being so deep like just thinking what's the point of this i hate life because i don't know i, I didn't have friends that day or whatever the reason was and it was just so extreme and then, you know, just all the, all the frustrations of life. And, and Jesus is like, yeah, I'll go through that. I'll, I'll go through that. But then I'll take it a step further where you torture a human being, the worst possible, the worst in the entire history of humanity, the worst way you could possibly do it to make a person suffer. And, 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 and Jesus said, yeah, I'll do that. The God, God himself says, I'll go through it with no advantage as any of them. There'll be no, there'll be no like Barlise, just pull out my God card and won't feel the pain. It says that in, in, in the Easter story, we know that it says that he sweat drops of blood. That's how stressed he was about the pain that was coming. This is before the manger. God knew this was happening and God said, I'll be, I, 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 I'm in. And the, other had to, the others had to agree. The father had to agree that, the son was going to go through that. Can you imagine agreeing that your child would go through that? And they, I think that would be harder for the father than it was for the son. And, and this, is the, this is, and it says, for the joy set before him, he went through that. You know, there's places all through the Old Testament and the, where it actually says that the oil of joy was on him says he was anointed with joy more than all of his companions. Do you know what that means? That means he would have been a fun guy to be around. Jesus, the wisest person to ever live, going through life, knowing what he was coming, knowing what he was going to have to go through. You've got to remember, he made the nerves in your hands. He knew what it was going to feel like for a nail to pierce that hand. He made the hands the most sensitive part of the body to be able to respond. All the nerves run through there so you can touch and you can got the tactile abilities that we have. He, he, when he was designing the hand, can you imagine being the one designing the hand, putting it there and knowing that one day I'm going to have a hand like this and there's going to be a massive nail. This is, he's living like this and it says that for the joy set before him, he endured that. We frame our life understanding that, yeah, we're going through a tough time right now. We are going through a tough time, but it will get better. It will get better. And it might not get better the way you think. It might not because I'll tell you what, my dad, he's, he's not here with us and I hoped he would be. He passed away from cancer at the age of 60. And I, and I didn't want that to happen. And, 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 but it got better. It got better. Life got better and we got through that. And, and in some strange way, I'm better as a person for it. In James, 
uh, he was actually Jesus' brother. He wrote th- this one book in the Bible called James, strangely enough. And in, in chapter 1 and verse 2, it says this. It says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. It says, because this testing of your faith develops perseverance. It says that perseverance must have its work, do its work in you so that you can be mature, complete, not lacking anything. It's saying at the very worst, this stuff we're going through grows you up. And as you grow up, it positions you for more. It positions, posi- positions you to be able to say the word position. Positions you to be, able to, to be able to actually walk through the life that God has for you. To be able to live the life in the race marked out for you. The Apostle Paul, he, this guy, he went through a bit. Like, I whinge, but please know I do it in fun. Like, I don't whinge to you. I whinge other times it's not in fun, but to you guys I do it in fun. <laughs> but the, he wrote this letter from jail. He went to jail. Imagine going to jail for being a preacher. Like, like in our world, we consider the preachers the good people. You know, like they're the ones that are like the goody two-shoes type ones. Paul went to prison for being a preacher. He was like considered the worst. And, but he wrote this thing in one of his prison stays. Yeah, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4 says this. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Remember, this guy is telling you to rejoice while he's chained up in a Roman dungeon. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Right here is the key. Here is the key to how we process hard times, but we keep our joy. It says here, don't be anxious. So, well, that's easy for you to say, Paul. Well, I don't know if it was. He was in a Roman dungeon chained up. If he, if he was able to not be anxious, it's because he learned. How did he learn? Remember from we just read from in, in James where it says, when you face challenges, it grows you up. That's how he's learned. So he, he's, he's experienced this. Don't be anxious, but... And here we go. Here's the key. But in every situation, hang on, haven't we read something about every situation before? In Thessalonians, that's actually written by Paul as well. It says, be thankful. Give thanks to God in every situation because this is God's will for you. And so here he's actually explaining this. this, It's in the same context. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So in the pain... In the challenge, talk to God. That's what prayer is. Prayer just means talking to God. Petition just means asking God for stuff. You know? Talking and asking. With thanksgiving. What's thanksgiving? Thanksgiving's gratitude. Thanksgiving actually comes from an expectation of good. For an appreciation of good past, an expectation of good to come. Saying in that, no matter what's going on, have a conversation with God. And then it gets better. It says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What happens? Something supernatural takes place in your heart where you are able to rise above, transcend 
the circumstance. But it doesn't matter what you were going through, what life is throwing at you, you're able to live with an overflowing joy. You're able to live a life that supersedes your circumstances. I've had the incredible privilege the last 15 years to be um, to, to walk very closely alongside um, Melissa and my pastor and our mentor, Pastor Malcolm Smith. And this guy, you know, you, this is his stock standard answer when you ask him how he was going. So wonderful, it's ridiculous. And I don't think he's lying when he says it. I've seen him walk with his wife through cancer that the doctors actually said she wouldn't make it through. And you know what he said when you ask him how he was going? So wonderful, it's ridiculous. I've watched him walk through his own personal health challenges. So wonderful, it's ridiculous. I've watched him walk through huge financial pressures, uh, carrying a ministry that, that, that actually is responsible for like 50 people getting fed that night. <laughs> so wonderful, it's ridiculous. How, does it, how can someone do that? Because they're living above it. This is something you'll never hear come, uh, words you'll never ever hear from word come from my mouth is like, I'm doing okay under the circumstances because I promise you guys I don't live under the circumstances. My Bible actually tells me that I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. Where's that? That's above the circumstances. If we're able to take a hold of this life of joy, what it does is it gives us this life where we can walk. Above the circumstances. And, and our life will ooze joy. It will overflow. And that's what Christmas is about. Jesus said, I've come that you would have life and life to overflowing. And this is what he's talking about. I'm going to, I want us to. I reckon some of the stuff I've said is, is challenging to our thinking where, you know, if you're anything like I, I was, and I actually have a tendency to be if I, if I don't focus on walking in joy, blown around by the winds of life, by the waves of life. But because we're able to have this anchor for our soul, that's what the Bible calls Jesus. It says there's an anchor for our soul. Because we're able to, it changes everything. It changes everything. Christmas changed everything. Christmas was when God himself came to earth to change everything. Everything. And a passage I quoted earlier, it, it says this. It says that God loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would experience eternal abundant life. You know, I don't know about you, but that sounds good to me. That sounds like the life I want. I'm just going to invite everybody to close their eyes and bow, and bow their head. And, and this is, if we just, everyone could be quiet, this is a holy moment. You know, there was a race marked out for you. And in that race, the markings of that race was there. It was a day where you would put your faith in Christ, where you would actually say, hey, God, here I am. I'm yours. I've lived life my own way for so long and, and, and I just, I give up. I, I'm, I'm done with it. I, I need you. You know, and if you want to make that decision today, if you want to step into that lane that is already marked for you, as a church, we're going to pray right now. And, and that prayer is going to be, it's a very simple prayer, but essentially it's going to be a prayer where we say, 
God, my life is yours. I want to live your abundant life. So I'm just going to ask everybody to, to, to pray this prayer with me. And if you have never prayed it before, I just and you want to seriously make the decision, I just invite you to just with all of your heart, mean it when you pray it. So just repeat after me, church. Dear God, today I want to enter in to your abundant life. I'm sorry for living life my own way. From today forward, I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Just with every head still bowed and every eye still closed, just this is a, this is a holy moment, guys. I just want to just be very respectful. If you prayed that prayer for the first time and you meant it with all of your heart, I would just invite you just to pop your hand in the air just so I can see it. And so I can, I would love to have a chat with you afterwards. Just nice and high so I can see that hand. If that's you. God has an amazing plan for your life. And guys, I promise you, it's a good one. I'm someone who is a living testimony of how God, how good God can be with a life. And I know that's what He wants for you. Just give you one moment longer, if that's you. I just would invite you to just, just, just to let me know. There's no one's looking around. I want to pray for us all now as well, just for everybody. Lord, we can see that you promise us an abundant life. And for whatever reason, there are areas of our lives, all of us, Lord, where we're not experiencing that. And right now, I just pray, God, for this church, for everybody online, for everybody sitting here, everybody who will be watching this later on. I just pray for a Christmas miracle in their life, God. Just for those areas where they just they definitely say, God, right here is a, it might be an area of need. It might be a financial need. It might be a health need. It might be a relationship need. Maybe there's someone you care about that, that's living really, just, just living wrong and, and, and you just hate to watch them hurt themselves. Whatever it is, I'm praying that God does something amazing in your life tonight. Lord, that you just would move through this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, how good is God, hey? How good is Christmas? Who wants to sing one more carol? Yes? All right, come on, guys. Let's all stand. Joy to the world. Joy to the world, the Lord.